0: Welcome to Marketing Mistakes and How to, avoid, to them. avoid Them. Here's your host, Stacey Jones.
1: Welcome to Marketing Mistakes and How to Avoid Them. I'm Stacey Jones, and I'm so happy to be here with you all today. And I want to give a very warm welcome to Dr. Crystal Morrison. Crystal is the co-founder and CEO of Meerkat Village, a software company focused on leveraging technology to promote social and emotional wellness for children and families. She is highly regarded as an executive advisor, strategist, leader, scientist, and tech entrepreneur across numerous industries. She's also a speaker in TEDx. As a mom of an autistic child and two adopted children who experienced extreme poverty and trauma, she spent almost 20 years navigating the complex system of care and advocating for her children. That frustration that millions of other parents and caregivers face inspired her to co-found her software company to improve outcomes for children with social, emotional, behavioral, and medical needs. Today, Crystal and I are going to be chatting about your ability to network and build relationships that will build your business, help drive your career, and ensure you bring like-minded partners who are able to actually deliver to help you achieve your goals. We'll learn what works from Crystal's perspective, what should be avoided, and how some businesses and individuals just miss the mark. Crystal, welcome. So happy to have you here today.
0: Thank you, Stacey. So happy to be here.
1: Well, I always love starting off of how did you get here today? And I, in your introduction, provided a glimpse of what <laughs> actually set you on this path of where you are today. But what truly did? I mean, there was a lot to go from being a mother of an autistic child or a child to founding a software company to help millions of other parents.
0: Yeah, um, th- this is a, a journey that's really interesting. And it's it's certainly not a traditional journey to entrepreneurship. Um, as you saw from my background, I'm a scientist by training and I was an R&D leader for a really long time. And there's nothing that I enjoy more than bringing together a lot of smart people from different backgrounds to tackle really, really tough problems. I mean, that's my jam. I love doing that. And when it came to you know my professional life, I was doing that and and enjoyed it very much. I was growing my family at the same time, and there were some very, very big challenges I was I was facing as a mom and trying to parent my three children, all that have some very different but significant needs. And so it kind of became that, okay, who are the rock stars I know that I need to bring together to help me solve this challenge in my personal life? And that's what ultimately led to me creating and, and founding Meerkat Village uh, is bringing together people um, like myself who, who wanted to address this challenge, but also had different skill sets that were necessary to, you know, bring a product and a, and a tech product, soft piece of software to market. So
1: really what you're doing, you're taking that, you know, phrase, it takes a village to <laughs> yeah. a whole new level, whole new level. Yeah. So, how did you get started when you were doing this? I mean, did you just say, "Okay, I'm going to do it"? You've already mentioned that you found other partners to come on board, but how did you go about networking and building those relationships to actually make that happen?
0: Yeah, so it's it's definitely been a journey. My co-founder Dan Richardson and I, when we when we you know had the idea for Meerkat Village, you know, neither of us are software developers. Neither of us have any experience in product design or UI UX. And so, you know, I really started working my network asking around uh, about people in my network who had this type of experience asking for referrals to different software development companies. Um, and that's kind of where I started is recognizing, okay, there's a tech product that I have here, you know, who, who are the people that have experience in ed tech software, or software for social services, or have an understanding of the education system and the types of products that should be, you know, the things that need to be taken into account when developing products. And so I started, you know, looking into my network at that time, trying to find people with that background to at least talk to first and get some direction.
1: And so here you do, you have all these people, you're like, yes, we believe we're going to help give you insight. How did you yeah. actually do the lift of getting this off the ground and going?
0: Well, that has been a four and a half year lift. And it's been a lift that has involved several starts and stops. And figuring out that the team that I had really didn't have the right skill set after all and it needed to, you know, find different people with a a slightly different type of skill set and more depth in different areas. And so it's not been a linear path by any means at all. Um, It's been a you know incredible learning process along the way, which I think is the case for many business owners and entrepreneurs. Um, But it's all been around, you know, really understanding what are the gaps in the team maybe learning what the gaps in the team are. Um, and and how do I find the right people with the right skill set that are going to, you know, ultimately help move this forward? So it's been a lot about people. It's been about people and skill set and knowledge and also their alignment with the overall mission. How did
1: you think i made comments in here where yeah. some of the some of that village you brought on wasn't the right fit. Yeah. Yeah. How did you then suss out? And how do you now suss out whether someone is a potentially good partner for you?
0: Yeah. Um, I think it's the it's the alignment what with the overall mission, you know, really understanding that our goal is to transform outcomes for millions of children and that. The way that we're going to do that is by building a really quality piece of technology with our customers at the forefront. But that, that individual has to believe in the mission first and foremost and be aligned with the mission and, and oftentimes has a really personal connection to the mission. You know, in, in times where maybe people haven't been the right fit, it's been that they really understand the technology piece. But they're just, they're not as committed because they don't quite vibe with the mission or it doesn't mean as much to them personally. And so I think, um, you know, the way that we really look for partners and and people that are going to join our team is, you know, are they first and foremost aligned with the mission in addition to having the right skill sets that are necessary to move the business forward?
1: And with this, you know, you're building something that a lot of people have a lot of personal feelings about and want right. to support. And a lot of times in relationships, in business or personal life, when you share your story, I'm assuming, because I know this mm-hmm. for me, that, and someone buys into it and they buy yeah. into the big picture of what you're painting, right? they're not necessarily actually buying into the doing that yes. you as an entrepreneur are very solution-oriented yes. and progress-oriented. So what I've seen happen with a lot of nonprofits and a lot uh-huh. of um, businesses that kind of are a self-scrapper there is you get a lot of good intent, yes, but you don't necessarily get the follow-through always that you need. And then all of a yes. sudden you have a ton of people who are hanging on and needing your attention, but yeah. they're not actually driving results. Is that what you've experienced?
0: Yes, and that is... I'm so glad that you brought that up because that that is the flip side to me saying, you know, you need to have people who identify with the mission. Well, you're right. You're right. There's a lot of people that identify with the mission and they may have great skill sets that are are very much what we need, but they're not the best at executing. (laughs) They're not the best at following through. And you know when it when it comes to creating a business and a startup, uh, especially when you're small to begin with, it becomes painfully obvious. You know who's not pulling their end of the deal early on, and so that becomes a little easier to suss out when you're smaller, (laughs) because you're either getting it done or you're not, or you're getting it done and the quality of your work is is rather mediocre, Um, and so that becomes painfully obvious early on. And when you have such a small team if someone's not, you know, performing, then it, it impacts the, the rest of the team really, really significantly. That becomes pretty obvious. Because you still have to hit
1: certain goals and someone's going to do the work. So now you're just putting a lot more on the plates of those who are willing to step up and take the work while someone else might not be.
0: That's right. That's right. And you know, I am fortunate though, that, that, with the team we have, we, we've we've definitely been able to quickly identify, you know, who who's not executing, and it has meant that uh, additional work has fallen onto some other folks. But we've been able to make changes, especially changes over the past year, to to remedy that pretty quickly. So we certainly don't allow um, that to continue for an extended period of time. <laughs>
1: Well, I would say that this little bump that you're experiencing. So I've been in business for 15 years as an agency, yeah. you know, small business. It still exists. Every oh, client sure. I have of every size, it still exists. It's just sure. more when you're growing in your entry yeah. that you're trying to stabilize. So, mm-hmm. you know, kudos to you. It'll keep on, it'll improve always. It yes. always improves for everyone, for our listeners yes. as well. Um, and so how have you tackled? the ability to continue building relationships as you have started expanding and found yourself working on lots of different projects because networking is not easy to make time to do
0: you're absolutely correct it's not it's not easy and you know, I think I think a lot of people believe that networking is is going to the, you know, local networking hour and and spending an hour glad-handing and exchanging business cards and yes, that's absolutely part of it. Um it's absolutely part of of what networking is. But a lot of people feel like networking is somehow this like uncomfortable, sleazy sort of thing. And I would just encourage everybody to sort of ban that perspective from, from their mentality because networking is a two, two-way street. You know, you, you give and you also receive. And networking has to come from a place of really being genuine and desiring, you know, people in your life that are going to enrich your life. And you, likewise, are going to be able to enrich their life. So it's not, it's not a Rolodex. It's not a stack of business cards. It's building and cultivating people in your life that are resources to you and you can be resources to them. Um, and networking can be, you know, can look like asking a friend for specific references for people that have xyz experience or saying hey do you know anyone that might have a connection to this or it's it a very it can be a very natural sort of thing as opposed to a specific hour long event it's really
1: a network is also about just finding something of value that you can serve with someone else um, right. versus just being a taker in general. Exactly, I think that's the big thing with networking.
0: Exactly. And it's also about being a connector. You know, once you really build your network of people, you provide a tremendous amount of value by being a connector, a broker. You know, it's by simply saying, oh, that's a great idea. I think I know someone I can connect you with that has tremendous value. Uh, And so again, it's not just about uh, being a taker, it's about giving also. And as you grow in your career and you grow your network, it becomes a little bit easier to give, but it's certainly something that you need to expect to spend time and effort on as part of cultivating your network.
1: And so where do you think people go wrong? I mean, you know, we've touched a little bit on it, but what are the big, you know, red glaring flags that you typically notice when networking is not done in the right way?
0: I think where people go wrong is assuming that it's networking is all about taking. Um that is always where where people go wrong. They they assume that They're going to network and they are going to get value out of it. And they are going to have specific conversations that benefit them. And that's where they go wrong because, you know, people start to figure out if you are only a taker Um, and the people that you're talking to may need um, references or, or referrals or may need to build their own contacts as well. So you have to go into it with a two way street and that's where people go wrong. Uh, over and over again.
1: I think another add-on to that is you never know when you're networking and how it's going, how you're going to network in the future. And, and when I'm saying this is, you're at a job
0: mm-hmm. and
1: you're leaving a job. Well, you've just left a network of people that you've been very plugged into, and sure. so however you leave that job, and, and forget about the company you're leaving, like you right. know whether they're heinous or not. Right. You know, how you leave with grace is really sure. important because again, the company's heinous, company's heinous, but your coworkers that you were working with weren't necessarily, and you're departing is going to dump a lot of stuff onto their laps. Sure. And I see this at businesses frequently where someone, you know, pulls the plug and leaves. And even if they were the glowing, shiny, awesome employee beforehand, mm-hmm. They're out that door. And then everyone is left with like a bad taste because they're all trying to like hustle and figure things out. So that's part of like- It's a, it's a weird way of when I'm saying networking, but think about the network you have throughout your life of the decisions Mm -hmm. you're making and how you can best support, make yourself available, plug in again, not necessarily for the company, but maybe for those employees you used to work with Mm -hmm. that you can answer questions or provide lift for even if you're gone from that company
0: and it's looking at that. Right. And, and, you know, Stacey, one of the things you were talking about is you're leaving a company, but. You know, so many times people leave a company, but they're still staying in the same industry. Yeah. <laughs> they're still staying in the same industry. And so um, even if you're departing a company where maybe you haven't been happy at, you might be staying in the same industry and you need to continue to, you know, maintain your relationships at that company, continue to cultivate them and and create new Relationships in the broader industry. It doesn't mean that you know you're you're setting on fire all your relationships that came before.
1: And so, so,
0: what else?
1: Where are other areas that people make mistakes with networking?
0: Um, I think other areas that that people really make mistakes with networking is is not following up um, and you know being one hundred and ten percent. T- transparent. This is something I diligently try to do. And sometimes I, I don't do as well as I should. But it's that it's that follow up. It's making, you know, meeting that person at an event or meeting that person through a mutual connection. And, you know, agreeing to have a follow on phone call or to meet for coffee or to introduce them to someone else. And, You know, 90% of the time I am on it and I I follow through, sometimes things slip through the cracks. But I think that big mistake is never following through on on what you committed to when you met that person or were introduced.
1: And then, and that is something that you even brought up before where the issue is a lot of people have um, great vision, great Interest. They they want to do the big thing and they they're very good and it's very easy to commit yourself and say, Oh, I can do this and this and this, or I'll introduce you to this and this and this. But will you? That's always the question.
0: That that is always the question. And I I know I have been frustrated by you know people who I've met who've committed to do all sorts of things and I, I never hear from them again. And You know, and then then you realize that that's sort of their pattern and that's just, you know, their M.O. Uh, But that's not the person that I want to be. And it's certainly when you're you're building your network and you're, you know, really building that two way street of give and take. uh, You have to follow through. You have to follow through.
1: And then so where are other areas that people make mistakes?
0: Um, I think that one area that that people do make mistakes in is as uh, also you know we we tend to use LinkedIn a lot. I I, I love LinkedIn. I've used LinkedIn for years. Uh, one of the things that I actually miss about LinkedIn is that like really um, quality of personal connections. You know now nowadays you get. Lots and lots of really cold inquiries and in LinkedIn. And there's a time and a place for that. I don't, I don't discount that at all. Um, but I think that one of this, the things that people make the mistake of, of is doing really, really cold, uh, uneducated outbound on platforms like LinkedIn, uh, and then really missing the mark altogether. Um, I think that's a major mistake that people make by not doing you know really educated, thoughtful outbound in in building their network and building their presence for their companies mm-hmm. is just this you know flood of really terrible, cold outbound to all sorts of different connections that are really not interested in in knowing anything about them. That's another huge mistake that I think people are making time and time again.
1: And then are there any other things that you see with relationship building that people are just off the rockers about
0: <laughs> um, let's see um, other things I see you know again are are I think related to this idea of cold outbound, and I know everybody has an opinion, but um. I think that some people are pretty off their rockers about sending, you know, these these corny pictures with a, a whiteboard of, hey, Crystal, I'd love to chat with you. And like, I've never met the person a time in my life, you know, I think that's a very, very, very corny example of not doing your research and being educated and and really failing to develop a network and cultivate a network as opposed to just sending out a lot of garbage. I mean, I I think that's a a huge mistake. Yeah.
1: And it's it's hard, I think, when you're in it, when you're like, I have such a valuable message. If I can just let so many people know, I can help them so much and I'll make money in the meantime from doing that, is a very different Position to be coming mm-hmm. from versus. Ooh, I actually think I have a solution for this person. Uh, yes. Maybe I'm just going to reach out, check in, see how they're doing, and go from there. But I will tell you, from someone mm-hmm. who has, I think I have over 18,000 followers are on LinkedIn. It's mm-hmm. a lot. I get a lot of LinkedIn just yeah. unsolicited. Sure, it is like the garbage that comes through. You're right. Like yeah. it is so spammy, salesy. Yes and it takes something that is really actually relevant
0: to me yes.
1: to stand out for me agreed. to want to respond
0: agreed agreed and i i do kind of miss those those early days of linkedin because i still like to message people on linkedin um, people that i know people that you know i want to stay in contact with even new connections or people that i'm reaching out to that like legitimately i i would like to build a relationship with and i know because i experience it on the other side that they're either not seeing my message or it's diluted by a lot of garbage and so that that actually makes me kind of sad <laughs> because i know like i i just want to touch base with you i just want to see how things are going and you know so many times you may not have the most up to date email address for someone and so linkedin's a perfect way to to reach out but then you know that they're also getting a lot of spammy stuff and they may just naturally not not see see your message.
1: And I think LinkedIn is what they're trying to promote is instead of all the spamming messages, especially now that you can, you know, get duck soup or you can get all of these different platforms or you yeah. can hire any of the thousand and one people who are now filling my LinkedIn inbox asking sure. if they can solicit other people on LinkedIn on my behalf
0: for right. their automation.
1: Right. <laughs> And all I'm sitting here is going, oh my God, LinkedIn is just going to become like the haven of spammers. But if you actually respond to what people post and make comments to what people post, absolutely. That is actually an easier way of networking. And if you did that a little bit with some targeted potential clients or people that you're trying to partner with, and then you sent an email or a LinkedIn to them going to be a lot more receptive because you can say, Hey, I've been following. I really think that what you've been saying about this is smart. Um, I see a couple of alignments and I have a thought would love to chat with you. And you've now kind of built up that person. Like people don't sit there and like, and comment all that much on LinkedIn. It's not like everyone's like, you're brilliant all over Mm -hmm. the place. So you will stand out and you'll get noticed and that people will have maybe a little either guilt that, oh, well, this person's invested in all of the things that I've commented on and supporting me. Mm-hmm. Maybe I can invest in
0: at least responding to their LinkedIn message. Exactly. And that's a fantastic suggestion because it is it is back to that element of some sort of like genuine time taken to be thoughtful and understand what that person's talking about, understand what their message is, understand if they really may have a connection to what you're offering or or the reason behind why you want to chat with them. It's back to that sort of like genuine relationship building, you know, and, and I, you know, I firmly, you know, I totally agree, you know, if people have been following me and and providing feedback on what I'm doing or sharing it with other people, I'm much more likely to respond in in their name to kind of resonate with me than if it's just, you know, 10,000 emails or LinkedIn messages to my (laughs) message box. And then
1: so, you know, you've worked now with all of these different people,
0: Mm -hmm. you know,
1: How do you, when and this is going back to an earlier conversation that we were having, how do you move people along when, especially if you're a startup and maybe you're hopeful or people feel that they're investing some of their time and more value than the dollars that you're paying them Mm -hmm. um, in exchange, how do you shuffle through that so that you can keep the runway clear for you to be making success versus burying yourself and things that don't actually move.
0: Yeah. So one of the things that there are two different things that I find that that work pretty well. Um, I find when I'm transparent with the team about what I'm working on, um, it it helps a lot because I'm demonstrating to them that I'm being transparent to them about the different types of things that I'm working on this week, um, that I am being transparent about that, that I'm putting it out there so that I am accountable to them for what I say that I'm going to do. And I find by doing that and, and sort of leading by example – it makes them feel obligated to be a bit more transparent on what their commitments are for that week and staying accountable to following through on those commitments. Um, I find that modeling that sort of transparency and accountability is really effective for moving things forward, keeping people accountable, and also showing them what, um, what good looks like, what good leadership looks like. Um, so I find that to be really helpful. And then I also, you know, when we're encountering roadblocks, or maybe things are not moving as fast as they need to, or um, one team's uh, inability to move something forward is having an impact on another team's ability to move some- something forward, um, I like to, I like to illustrate very clearly how that is impacting something else. And so by simply saying, because we can't address this challenge in a timely manner, it's having this impact on our ability to market and sell the product to this group of people. Mm -hmm. So that sometimes as obvious as that is, it's not always obvious. Right. The people, they just see in front of them that they have a roadblock and they don't understand how to get around it. And the other team just sees in front of them that they can't meet their deliverable, not really understanding how one is really impacting the other. And so sometimes, while I might think it's obvious, while other people may think it's obvious, you need to very clearly state that so that everyone understands the impact of of not following through and how that impacts other operations. And I find that to also be a really good way to demonstrate, you know, leadership, also transparency and accountability, and and then move the team forward.
1: And then how can people find more out about Meerkat?
0: Yeah. um, So uh, everyone can check out our website at meerkatvillage.com. You can also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn. Um, so that's the best way to find out basic information about our platform. Um, and uh, yeah, welcome anyone who's interested to also reach out to me directly.
1: And do you have any other, as you know, a, a business founder, and I always like mm-hmm. you know, diving into this, like, what do you think are a couple of the most important lessons you have learned along the way on your path?
0: I think lesson number one is, again, the power of, of finding the right people. Um, and uh, with that comes also the knowledge that you, me, and most <laughs> founders uh, are not experts in everything that's required to make a business successful. I know what I'm good at. and I also know what I'm really, really bad at. And it's part part of that self-awareness is understanding the people that you need to, to seek out. And so finding the right people, I think, is um, number one. Um, number two, some of the, you know, one of the other mistakes that I've made is, um, let me take this back. I'm not there with, I'm not sure if this is a mistake or not, but I have been painfully naive at times. Mm-hmm. painfully naive at times. I'm going to interrupt
1: you and I'm going to just say that I think the entrepreneurial mindset requires naivety because if you're not then there's no way in hell that you're going to embark on this uphill battle. You're so right. Boulder on your rat rock back that keeps on not just rolling down, but rolling your body down with it over and over and over again. So that naivete is important.
0: I agree. And that's why I started to say it was a, a, a mistake. But at the same time, that naivete has been, probably what's kept me, you know, pushing that boulder uphill longer. And so that's why I corrected myself. Absolutely. Either that um, or you like self punishment. I yeah. mean, it, it,
1: you know, let's just say that you're more into naivete than, you know, the other.
0: Yeah, I think I think I'm more into like, I love a challenge. It's true. I love a really tough challenge back to where we started. I love finding people to help tackle that challenge with me. That's my jam. That's what I enjoy. Um, and, and it goes back to that mistake, you know, not finding those people um, is uh, one of the mistakes I've I've made. And one of the reasons it's taken me probably a little bit longer, but it's also taught me a lot of lessons along the way as well.
1: Well, I just want to say, Crystal, thank you so much for joining us today and sharing your insights and wisdom about relationships and networking. And I wanted to say congratulations on finding your success in establishing, not so easy, a software platform that is actually answering the needs of millions of parents everywhere.
0: That's correct. Yes. Thank you. Of course.
1: And to all of our listeners, thank you again for tuning in to another episode of Marketing Mistakes and How to Avoid Them. I look forward to chatting with you this next week. And until then, if you have any questions about how you can better leverage your own brand in other people's content, say through what my agency offers at Hollywood Branded with product placement and influencer marketing or celebrity endorsements, reach out. My team is happy to have a chat. Have a great one.
0: And we're out. So good. And I will record your end.